It's no secret the NFL has a problem with race. Think Colin Kaepernick. Think Brian Flores. But this isn't a new problem. It's one that started as far back as the 1930s, with a ban on Black players in the NFL, with a past that informs the present. Blackballed is a new miniseries podcast from The Ringer about the four men who broke the color barrier in football. I'm your host, Chelsea Stark-Jones. Blackballed is dropping soon on The Ringer NFL feed. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. And we are back. We're back. We are back. And we're the four best friends that <laughs> anyone can have. <laughs> and we'll never, ever, 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 ever pop. We are coming fresh off of the Adam Schefter drinking game. We're hungover, but the teams that spent all this money probably feel like they're hungover too. So we figured we're going to explain free agency through the movie The Hangover. And we're just going to quote The Hangover until you feel like you understand what just happened in the NFL. <laughs> that's the vibe. And it's really just a vibes day because Aaron Rodgers went on Pat McAfee. And I feel like that's the only place that we really should start yeah. anyway. Danny Kelly, please do the honors. Which Do you have a quote from The Hangover to please explain Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee today? I mean, look, there's honestly probably... 17 different quotes from the, the movie. All the my Hangover quotes are about Aaron Rodgers. All my quotes that I prepped. <laughs> I they would seven. all fit this. Uh, but last night when I was watching the movie again, um, Alan's speech on the top of the roof to all the guys <laughs> yeah. about the wolf pack really rang true. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and his wolf pack. He's got Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard already signed, Mercedes Lewis, uh, just the whole wolf pack. And Four of us wolves running around the desert together in Las Vegas looking for strippers and cocaine. I don't know. That's To me, that was the Aaron Rodgers situation. The wolf back. They're sticking together. Hello. How about that ride in? I guess that's why they call it Sin City. <laughs> you guys might not know this, but I consider myself a bit of a loner. I tend to think of myself as a one-man wolf pack. But when my sister brought Doug home, I knew he was one of my own. And my wolf pack, it grew by one. So were there two of us, there were two of us in the wolf pack. I was alone first in the pack, and then Doug joined in later. And six months ago, when Doug introduced me to you guys, I thought, wait a second, could it be? And now I know for sure 
I just added two more guys to my wolf pack. All right. All right. Four of us wolves running around the desert together in Las Vegas looking for strippers and cocaine. So tonight, I make a toast. Oh, what? What do you got there? Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to start with Pat McAfee, the way that Galifianakis starts that speech where he's like, I have something I would like to say. <laughs> and he like takes out the paper and he's like, how about that ride in? I guess that's why they call it Sin City. <laughs> uh, you guys might not know this, but I consider myself a bit of a loner. <laughs> I was watching this movie while Rogers was on McAfee. Oh, wow. And there were a lot of disturbing moments where Zach Galifianakis would say something and Rogers would say something. And I would not know which character on which screen <laughs> said the thing I had just heard. Do you think Rogers, Lazard, and Randall Cobb are doing the we're the three best friends that anyone can have driving to New York? <laughs> driving. Oh, boy. All the flights are booked. The other one I kept thinking about too with the Rogers thing was the that one of the first scenes in the movie where um, Zach Galifianakis asks Doug if he can come on the bachelor party. He's like, I know him, your brother in law. And he's like, I, I don't want you to feel like you have to bring me, like I'm holding you back. And I was like, Is this Randall Cobb talking to Aaron Rodgers? And Rodgers <laughs> like, You're not holding us back. And he's like, All right, fine, you can come. And then like later the wife comes in. And he's like, Yeah, Randall Cobb, he's had his bag packed for like two weeks. <laughs> There's too many. There's too many Rogers quotes. I thought of like, you know, when Alan shows up to the Caesar's palace for the first time and he's like, did yeah. Caesar actually live here? I imagine <laughs> Rogers finally Caesar's leaving uh, Green Bay to go to, to go to the Jets and he shows up in New Jersey and he's like, is this the real New York City? And they're like, no, no, it's not. And he's like, do, do, do the Jets actually play in New York City? And they're like, no, no, they don't. This isn't the real Caesar's palace, is it? What do you mean? Did, um... Did Caesar live here? Um, no. I don't think so. My Rogers one was uh, when uh, Galifianakis says, it's not a purse, it's a satchel. Because that reminds me of every time Rogers has corrected one of his words or messages in the media. It was like, I, I, I didn't say vaccinated. I said immunized. <laughs> <laughs> different. Like, uh, it, it, it wasn't a demand. I wasn't, it was a demand list. I was just telling them players that I liked. This is not a purse, all right? It's a satchel. So just clear that up real quick. <laughs> So for those of you that didn't listen to the McAfee show and congratulations for not having to sit through that. Um, I tried. And then Riley, one of the editors here was like, no, you have to, you got to write about this later. Like, <laughs> you have to watch. I was like, do <laughs> I have to? He was like, yes. Part Put of your job on. duty. Yeah. Uh, I watched part of it. It was pretty hard to watch, but um, the gist is he says as of Wednesday afternoon, he already has made his decision. He wants to play for the Jets. The holdup now is simply the trade demands from the Packers. The Packers basically are digging their heels in, as he put it, and trying to get what I think has been reported at least a first round pick, maybe a first, maybe two firsts or something like that. I can't. They're they're comparing it to like the Matthew Stafford trade or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So we're in wait and see mode. Aaron Rodgers, by releasing this information, has really given the Packers a lot of leverage. I feel like because now they can really, really wait and like put the pressure on the Jets. The Jets are going to be absolutely desperate. It's already been clear that Jets are absolutely really desperate. Um, so the other quote that I wanted to bring into this that reminded me of the whole Aaron Rodgers situation from the Jets point of view, Craig, from that same scene early on when Allen is like, whatever happens tonight, I will never, ever, ever speak a word on it. He's like, seriously, I don't care what happens. I don't care if we have to kill someone. <laughs> you heard me. 
It's Sin City. I won't tell a soul. This is what this is Joe Douglas to the to the Packers front office. <laughs> I don't care how we get this done. I'll kill. We'll kill somebody. I'm never going to tell anyone. Rogers went on McAfee and alluded to like not liking Schefter. And then Pat McAfee was like, "What do you mean?" And Rogers was like, "I texted Schefter. Texted me and like asked Schefter what I texted him back. It was like lose my number. Good try though." And then Schefter, who I don't know if he was on live TV or what when that was said, and then tweets that the screenshot confirming Aaron Rodgers' report with the screenshot that says Aaron. In lowercase in his phone, lose my number, period. Good try, though. I can't believe he tweeted that. A win for both of them. They, they, uh, that, wor- that works on both sides for me. It's, it's 100%. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> when Rogers said that, I was like, okay, that's extremely likable. That Schefter, because the way he said it, he's like, Schefter somehow got my number. He's like, I don't know how Schefter got my number. And he texted me, like, trying to talk to me. And I was like, lose my number. Good try, though. I'm like, All right, that's funny. Like, that's that's a hilarious thing to do to Adam Schefter. And then for Schefter to, like, post a screenshot and be like, yeah, that's also good. That's saving face. I thought that was very well done by both sides. Yeah. Also, Rogers saying that is, like, the start of The Hangover when Bradley Cooper is, like, a school teacher and the second the bell yeah. rings, the kid comes up to him and, like, asks him a question. He's like, it's the weekend, bud, Nick. I don't know you. You do not exist. <laughs> Let's get out of here before the other nerds try and talk to me. <laughs> That's Rogers and Schefter. He's like, I, I don't know you, okay? You do not exist. That's definitely a chug your drink next year. Yeah. It's that if we, if we ever get a screenshot of a rot of Schefter's texts to a player again, that's until you black out, man. That, maybe, that's once in a blue moon. Maybe this is the future. Instead of uh Schefter just copy and pasting text, he just posts screenshots of his text messages. Also, wait, Ooh. someone pointed out that the upset of the century was Schefter only having four unread texts, which I think was actually really, that's a good snipe. That's oh, true. that's insane. And wow. it's kind of stunning. I would have put it at a, a thousand. Also, how many then, unread texts you guys got right now? None, because I'm not a psycho. Uh, six. <laughs> I have um, 94. Ben, are you? Oh, oh I ben, fucking I have, hate Heifetz. I have oh. 571. That God is so damn wrong. It. That is I so wrong. I fucking hate you guys. That's not <laughs> the way to do it. It's not good. One of them is from my dry cleaners. (laughs) Another one's from my mom. You know, like in college, when like you and your house of guys would just live with like a sink that was just full of dishes at all times. Yeah, that's what having five hundred text feels like (laughs) all the time. Because one of those is like a health problem, and you also have a finite number of dishes. I have an infinite amount of text messages. I would consider them both health problems, to be honest. (laughs) Yes. Did we skip over your dry cleaners texting you, or did like what? What? Sheldon Cleaners text me twice a week. Do He's you like, have a I do not pickup? know you. Said, you no, do not I'm exist. <laughs> it's the weekend. Get lost, Bundick. It's the weekend. <laughs> and then we also, Schefter tweeted, someone made a shirt of like, lose my number with Rogers and Schefter's faces. And Schefter was like, where are these available? Question mark. Didn't even put the R. <laughs> where are these available? That's a finish your drink right there. That's yeah. a finish. So finish your yep. drink morning from Schefter. The Rogers stuff, just to button it up. I will say it's kind of interesting that the whole week, including us, it was framed as Rogers holding the deal hostage. And Rogers is like, actually, the Packers are holding the Jets hostage. I think because the Packers can make this deal like they don't have to pay Rogers 60 million till week one. But the Jets probably need Rogers ASAP to like, you know, right. do their team, which is weird because it was reported that the framework of the trade was like done, which that part clearly it was not. I think that's kind of interesting. Every single person has a different belief as to who's holding up the deal and how close the deal is to being done. I'm nowhere on the realities of that, right? Like Roger spent a large part of the McAfee show bemoaning the fact that the Packers don't communicate with him and don't tell him explicitly what they want to do. <laughs> a week ago, Gutekunst was at the com- at the combine podium. Like Aaron hasn't talked to me 
since the end of the season. So I have no idea what he wants to do. So like nobody thinks that anybody has said anything to anybody else, but also everybody seems to know how everybody else feels. So I, I, to me, it's a moving target. There's no way to hit exactly what's holding up this deal right now. I, I will say, I, I'm not saying Pat McAfee's like a hard hitting journalist out here, but I actually really respected that Pat McAfee asked him, you know, like my, Pat McAfee's like, you know, Michael Jordan, that waiter in Utah was like, Mike, you're the greatest basketball player ever. And Michael Jordan was like, fuck that guy. I'm going to go beat Utah. Like you would just invent things. And he was like, hey, Aaron, <laughs> like, do you think that your perception of how these negotiations have gone is kind of like you're inventing motivation for yourself? And I was like, wow, really good question. What was the answer? Uh, I think he just started talking about. He doesn't actually Schefter. answer McAfee's questions. Yeah. He just kind of says, you know, so I have no ill will towards anybody. Can I also yeah. say that yeah. McAfee's like quietly really funny and like his like yeah. his, his Pennsylvania accent and just like how he uh, like mm-hmm. Rosillo, uh, Rosillo, uh Rogers was <laughs> sorry. I was just listening to Rosillo before this. Rogers was talking about, you know, people like he's like Diana Rossini or whatever her name is. Like all these people <laughs> claim to have sources. And then in the background, McAfee goes, Diana Rossini. Yeah. Great work. under his breath he's like great great work like he's got to make sure he compliments her he's like quietly very funny and then AJ Hawk just sits there not saying anything just smoking a cigar (laughs) McAfee also has mastered asking Rogers questions without upsetting him yeah which like clearly is taking some time where he asked Rogers he'd be like so Hackett is the coordinator with the Jets, and obviously that matters. Or I guess now it, it matters that you're here. It maybe didn't matter at the time when it happened, but since you're talking, he like knows how to put every single caveat in place so that way Rogers can't answer the question with, well, actually, and then like pick at his words. I, I, by the end of it, I was like, yo, Pat, this is ridiculous, obviously. This is the <laughs> dumbest thing that ever happened. But good stuff, man. Yeah, he has the cachet where like players feel comfortable and he can kind of say what he feels. I feel the same way about guys like when Big Cat and PFT on pardon my take, when they interview athletes, like they can kind of push buttons and say shit that nobody else can. To coaches and the players. Too. Yeah, like <laughs> making fun of like Matt LaFleur about what to do with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like, do you kick it or go for it? Like nobody PFT else can ask those commenter questions. This week was like, hey, Kirk Cousins, let's play a game. So uh that's Justin Jefferson, and I'm TJ Hawk. Hawkinson hypothetically and it's fourth and eight do you check it down or and I was <laughs> right. like, oh wow it's McAfee's in that range it's, it's it's pretty impressive does this stress you guys out that he stands the entire time during his show it to me it's like I'm standing right I, now it's like it's... I'm anxious watching you do this interview yeah but you're standing at like a like a standing desk he's like at a normal desk he's just standing behind it like really awkwardly <laughs> and he it paces just, it, oh it makes me nervous i don't know it gives me anxiety to watch him do that but i like anyway, that he's always in a tank like top it. he's really changing the game it's relatable <laughs> that right. drives me nuts <laughs> that i can't abide. what's the heating bill man put on a long sleeve tee save the environment anyway Wait, so like, did you have another quote for the Wolfpack thing? So the uh, the particular part of the Wolfpack speech in which uh, uh, Zach Galifianakis says, whatever happens tonight, I won't ever speak a word of it. Seriously, I don't care what happens. I don't care if we kill someone. You heard me at Sin City. Immediately reminded me. Uh, there's also a later quote where it's what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Of course, unless it's herpy, that shit stays with you. Uh, <laughs> immediately reminded me of the Darren Waller situation. So Darren Waller was traded away from the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, Vegas. The Waller trade has kind of been like in in the rumor mill for over a year now. However, uh, Vic DeFore, senior writer of The Athletic, shared the trade on Twitter. The trade comes 10 days after Darren Waller's wedding to Aces guard Kelsey Plum. 
The timing is only interesting. By the way, Ace is also playing in Las Vegas. Uh, mm-hmm. The timing is only interesting because Josh McDaniels accidentally leaked the news of his wedding to reporters at the NFL Scouting Combine. Waller was upset with McDaniels when the Las Vegas Review Journal posted a story announcing the wedding was scheduled later in the week. The couple had not publicly announced their plans to get married. Robert Griffin III also commented on this uh, on Twitter, saying, "Like, wow, Darren Waller just got married. Uh, he was playing in Las Vegas. To Kelsey Plum is also playing in Las Vegas. Tough world, cold world." that that, uh, Josh McDaniels would uh, tweet that out. And he also said, McDaniels is not a romantic. And Kelsey Plum quote tweeted it and said, probably because he wasn't invited to the wedding, LOL. (laughs) So McDaniels breaking the what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas rule because Plum and Waller (laughs) got married and McDaniels told people and then traded Waller out of Las Vegas. So to me, the second I heard that, I was like, oh, this is like uh, what Josh McDaniels is doing to Darren Waller, man. He's not following the rules. Also, that (laughs) video that went around this week uh, of Kelsey Plum, she's the point guard for the Aces, right? Her throwing a T-shirt into the crowd. She literally looked like Tom Brady throwing a Hail Mary at the end of Super Bowl 42. Like she almost her form is like a bananas athlete. Eerily similar to Tom Brady's form in terms of like his his follow through. (laughs) That was an amazing throw. Can we can we stick on the Giants for one second? I know this is belated because they signed Daniel Jones like a week or two ago, but I I did think about the like the man purse. It's actually a satchel thing with them re-signing Daniel Jones. Just like other teams being like, you're not really doing that, right? Like you're not really wearing that. You're not really giving him all that money, right? (laughs) Like they're that's a man like, like that's a shitty quarterback, <laughs> and they're like, uh, it's not a shitty quarterback. It's actually a dual threat quarterback. The Buffalo Bills <laughs> yeah, have <it's> one. A <laughs> satchel. <laughs> yeah, maybe you heard of it. That's really good. I like that one a lot. You're not really wearing that, are you? Wearing what? The man purse. You actually gonna wear that? You guys just fucking with me. It's where I keep all my things. I get a lot of compliments on this. Plus, it's not a man purse. It's called a satchel. Indiana Jones wears one. So does Joy Behar. God damn it. Uh, I, yes, hyphens react. I have yes. no response other than, yeah, Indiana Jones has one. Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the, the Vegas thing, I had a similar one for the Vegas stuff, but it was about like the Raiders with just one with the, what you go to Vegas, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, except herpes. I was like, one, that's actually advice. I would like Jimmy Garoppolo to like take, cause I'm a little worried about him. Like just in Vegas. Vegas. I did think about when they signed him, like them saying to all the other quarterbacks, like not you fat Jesus, slide it on back. You, the pretty one. We want you. Let's go handsome. Come on. Not you fat Jesus. Slide it on back. You pretty boy. <laughs> yeah. That was the Raiders <laughs> to Andy Dalton. <laughs> Not, Not you, you fat, fat Jesus. Jesus. Slat it on back. Every time Stu is on the phone with his girlfriend and he was like lying and he was a nap, he's like, oh yeah, it's you would actually love it. It's so quaint in here. I was like, this is going to be every phone call Jimmy Garoppolo has with his mother. <laughs> he's just like, oh, it's actually amazing. Yeah, we're actually going through like wine country right now. Cesar Palace, he's the uh, proprietor of this wine winery. It's really, it's just lovely here. Like the salad. <laughs> like the salad. <laughs> like every time Jimmy G. Uh, for context, Jimmy G dated a porn star. Uh, yeah. Just catching it. Just catching everyone up here. Um, yeah. <laughs> this could be dangerous. This could be dangerous. That's all. I'm not going to lie, Craig. You really got in my head with the Daniel Jones satchel thing. I realized that kind of stuck Jones. with you. <laughs> yeah. Daniel Jones man for satchel. That's a that's a banger. That's right on the nose. I'm not, I'm not really able to move on from that. That's really upsetting. <laughs> Honestly, like the, all the owners colluding to not offer Lamar Jackson a contract so that they don't have to do guarantees. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about when they're in the car and they're like... <laughs> Counting cards is illegal. It's like, it's not illegal. It's frowned upon. It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. 
Counting cards is a foolproof system. It's also illegal. It's not illegal, it's frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane. I'm pretty sure that's illegal too. Yeah, maybe after 9-11 where everybody gets so sensitive. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. Yeah. That was, uh, so, yeah. I had that coming up later. That quote was for uh, the legal tampering window. That's like a meta for this whole pod. That, right. that, that quote right there. Yeah. It's like masturbating on an airplane. <laughs> God, dude, my, my Lamar quotes. And this, there was multiple quotes throughout the movie. <laughs> and I, I just pick out like the one liners that make me laugh the most, I think. And that's like my shtick, but Phil multiple times during the movie is talking about, and uh, he's talking about the tiger in the bathroom. <laughs> when he gets up, yeah. he's like super hugover. And Alan comes out and he's like, oh, there's a there's a jungle cat in there. And he goes in, he opens the door. He's like, holy fuck. He's like kidding. There's really a tiger in there. Uh, that's me. Every time I remember that Lamar Jackson might actually be a free agent. Like this could be a thing. There's a fucking tiger in there. Uh, and then later they come back to the hotel after, you know, I don't even like what their adventures, their misadventures doing whatever. And and Alan's like, what about the tiger? And then Phil goes, oh, fuck. I keep forgetting about the goddamn tiger. <laughs> it's, so true. it's also perfect it's like, that Craig mentioned the tampering window. I'm not going to lie. I didn't realize. Oh, I, 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 I didn't actually fully consider one of the most base reasons Lamar needed an agent. And I don't know if this is just a line that teams are walking out there or if it's just a legitimate excuse they're hiding behind or it's a real excuse. I don't know. But basically the way the whole tampering window works is really weird. Basically, they're not. Teams are not allowed, technically, to like talk to free agents about contracts until like Wednesday at four Eastern. Like basically now we're recording this, but they have plenty of reasons to talk to the agents about all the other clients who are already on their teams. So they start talking to the clients months in advance because they can talk to the agent, including Monday. And then the all the like, you know, all the red tape comes off and they talk to the agents. However, because Lamar does not have an agent. And Lamar's under contract. Teams are not allowed to talk to other players under contract with other teams. And so I don't know if they would go behind his back and they don't want to. But like teams are at least hiding behind the fact that, well, Lamar, because you don't have an agent, we're not allowed to talk to you until four Eastern Wednesday. And then I don't know if they're they're not going to offer him and they're like, hey, sorry, Lamar, all our money's gone. It's like the $80,000 in the bag. It's gone. And it's like, I I don't I don't know what you guys made of (laughs) that. There are Skittles in there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's like it's so funny to me that either what are they emailing Lamar's the little he's got the for business inquiries in his Instagram bio like are they right. emailing that address be like hey what do you right. think like 140 million guaranteed how's that sound from like Jim Ursay at Jim at Colts.com like is that how this works <laughs> Jim at Colts.com I, I bet that's his real email I love that can we do an updated prediction on where Lamar ends up what do we think oh my god how has no one offered him a deal? Well, it's been only, it's been like an hour. It's been 40 minutes. Give it some time. Previously, I was at like 52% chance he's off the Ravens, 48% chance he's on the Ravens for week one next year. Now I'd put it more like 60% chance he's on the Ravens, 40% chance he's not. I think oh. if a team right now offers him, uh, I'd say the Colts put a sheet, an offer sheet in. That'd be the team I would guess would do it. Uh, you can't tell me that after enduring the many post-Andrew Luck seasons that he endured, including this one of Matt Ryan and Nick Foles and Sam Ellinger and the Jeff Saturday conundrum, that Jim Irsay saw the team sign Samson Ebukam and Matt Gay and go, we did it, baby. 
there are the splashes. Let's yeah. go. Colts return 2023. I think I think if 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 anybody's gonna break ranks among ownership, right, in this kind of staring contest right now of okay, nobody give this guy a really big guaranteed deal. We don't want players thinking that they can get giant guaranteed deals. We don't want players not working with agents. If there's an owner who is brash enough to break ranks, uh, Jim Irsay seems like he'd fit the bill. So if I had to guess right now <laughs> who gives him an offer sheet, I'd say Colts. <laughs> just think of Jim Irsay's negotiating strategy, just spending an hour at a time in Lamar Jackson's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Maybe he's the tiger. No, but I think you're right that if there is a team, it's the Colts for everything you just said, because you do need an owner to actually just not give a shit about the other owners. Like Al Davis would have done this. Al Davis would have done like, like the Lamar Jackson offer sheet. I think it's 80, 20 Ravens though. I think the question is, does Lamar just play on the tag? So one of the interesting things about that is that Lamar has been tagged, which means that the Ravens have accounted for the space on their cap such that Lamar's going to play for them next year. Lamar hasn't signed the tender, which means Lamar has not agreed to play for $32.4 million yet. And so Lamar can go through this entire process, get no offers on his offer sheet, walk into camp without having signed the tender and can negotiate with the Ravens for a higher one-year deal. He can say like, Hey, like they, he can't be like, all right, now put the exclusive tag on me, but he can say like, Hey, I won't play for 32.4, but I'll play for 45. And then they can go through a negotiation process. So it'll be interesting to see if we get there. Like Lamar might refuse to play on this number, but sign a contract that allows him to play on a higher number. This is really bad because for the Ravens, that's a nightmare because then you have to do the cap for like 45 million. And if you don't want, you want to lower that number, you'd have to put a voidable year at the end, which basically means Lamar could be a free agent, yep. but then you don't get a comp pick, blah, blah, or actually you still might, but this is a nightmare. This is really, like, yeah. well, this is bad for everybody. Go ahead and name all the free agents the Ravens have signed so far. That's why, because <laughs> they don't know how much money this guy's going to cost. And so they can't really move just yet. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so do you remember when uh, they're discussing uh, how to handle the cop car and they go like, what do we do? We just burn it. And <laughs> like, how do you burn a cop car? And Zach Galifianakis goes, easy. You just pour kerosene over a ferret, light on both ends, put it in. <laughs> that is how Sean Payton is fixing Russell Wilson. <laughs> 
Now, okay, that's how that's how Sean Payton is, is fixing the Broncos. Like, how do we fix the Broncos? How do we fix this guy, Russell Wilson? How do we fix this contract? It's easy. We sign Mike McGlinchey for too much money. We sign Ben Powers for too much money. We sign Alex Singleton for too much money. We trade away Jerry Judy. No problem. It's not actually solving the problem. It's not actually fixing things. It's not a reasonable, rational approach. It's just saying, listen, this year, we're blowing something up. We're, we're throwing a <laughs> ferret with kerosene on fire at both ends into this Broncos locker room, and we're seeing if Russ can live in a run-first offense in which he's not really an important quarterback, even though he's making $59 million, or we're going to move on from Russ. So what the, when, uh, when they go to toss the uh, ferret with kerosene covered in, I was like, yeah, this is Sean Payton fixing the Broncos. There's a ferret trained raccoon. He's like, why do you have to train the raccoon? He's like, because otherwise it won't take the kerosene. <laughs> you stole a cop car. Like, we found a cop car. We should actually get like a reward. That's a Sean Payton. He's like, I'm trying to fix Russell Wilson. I should actually get like a reward. Yeah. A trophy. <laughs> a, tro- <laughs> a trophy or something, maybe. <laughs> I love the idea of like, just no one wants to deal with Russ. Sean Payton's like, I'll burn it. Who cares? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just light, uh, I'll just light a fair on fire, both ends. And we're good. I was trying to work this quote in, but this is as good a time as any to talk about it. I, and I couldn't figure out a good metaphor for this. I just want to say it. When when uh, Phil drives up on the sidewalk and he's like, you know, using the cop car privileges to just basically get around the traffic, he, he drives off the curb. He's like, I should have been a fucking cop. Why <laughs> this just like made me laugh? It's just, just like a drunk power. power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should have been a fucking cop. Maybe that's uh, Sean Payton. That's no. That's that's Aaron Rodgers trying to be a GM. <laughs> choosing, yeah, who the, choosing who the Jets uh, sign for agency. I should have been a GM. <laughs> Got Randall Cobb, baby. There you or, go. Or Nailed Lamar it. if he signs a max deal, he's like, I should have been a fucking agent. <laughs> Bill Belichick once again absolutely bungling a free agency period I should have been a cop I don't actually want to be doing this right now I don't want to be I should have just been a policeman I got a good Belichick one as long as we're talking about Belichick this isn't even a quote it's just a moment in the movie so you know at the end when they have they're at the wedding and the Dan band is doing their thing they're singing the candy shop I'll take it to the candy shop he's yeah. like dancing with the old lady <laughs> and he's dropping F-bombs and there's just a scene with Jeffrey Tam dancing with his wife and he's just staring at the Dan fan like these motherfuckers. <laughs> it just reminds me of uh, Bill Belichick watching Juju do his his TikTok. Juju Smith-Schuster signed with the Patriots. Right, today. yeah, we should yeah, great, we should say. Great scheme fit, we think. Patriot yeah. way fit, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have to see how Bel- Belichick likes the whole TikTok thing. Um, but that just like, that's going to be Belichick like just staring at Juju when he records TikToks. Well, the, the Patriots, I mean, signing Juju this year, all I could think of last year was the Patriots came out, um, I guess it was two years ago. Yeah, it was the first year we did the the drinking and for Schefter. And the Patriots just went on that, bend, like the post Tom Brady breakup bender where they just right, started hooking yeah. up with whoever. And it was like, yeah, John, just throwing money around. John Smith, Hunter Henry. And it like it like it reminded me one of when Stu pulls out that ATM receipt. He's like, ATM receipt from the Bellagio at $11.05 for $800. Like, I I am so fucked. But then also I was like, you know what? What it really is, is it's Drew Rosenhaus is Doug, the drug dealer from the liquor store. And he's like, wait, you you try to buy Molly? And he's like, well, the guy I bought it from seemed like a real straight shooter. And it's like, you mean the drug dealer (laughs) at the liquor store was a stand-up guy? It's like, Bill Belichick's like, Drew Rosenhaus, he seemed like a stand-up guy. I can't believe all these free agents (laughs) didn't work out. Charge $500,000 a catch. Do we like Juju and the Patriots, though? Like, part of me is like, 
He's like the only player with like some like run after the catch ability. I feel like the Patriots haven't had one of those guys in a while. He can block. He can block. Which is, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, it's and I immediately just like, he can block is big. <laughs> that's good. He can do that. That's nice. This violates the rule. Like when someone gets hired to do a thing and you're like, well, they do this other thing that's not as important really well. That's always a red flag. The thing about the Patriots right now, I don't have a quote for this, but now that we know Rogers going to go to the Jets, I feel like the Rogers thing has been so taxing from like, of following the story standpoint. Like it's, it's never been so annoying to follow a story. That's actually huge news. The AFC is just freaking loaded. The Buffalo bills are the super bowl favorite going into last season. The jets now have like uh, the jets. I mean, beat the bills without with Zach Wilson last year. The jets have one of the best defenses and now have Aaron Rodgers, or at least they will freaking eventually. And the dolphins, they added freaking Jalen Ramsey. The worst team in the, in the division is the Patriots. By a lot, like by a real lot. And then <laughs> you got lot. Mac Jones. There were rumors the Raiders wanted to trade for Mac Jones. It, it, I don't know. It's the Patriots. They're in, caught in such no man's land. I'm like, what does Bill Belichick do in here? You know what I mean? Is he just holding out to beat the George House, the all time wins record? And like to k- keep his sons as like a, a footing in the coaching world? Because like they're totally in no man's land in terms of what to do with this team. It's like when they tase Zach Galifianakis and he doesn't go down. It's like, hey, Still Bill, just go down. Like, no, sometimes you got to give him a little extra jolt. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same explanation I always give which is that Bill Belichick is a video game streamer on Twitch doing a challenge run, all right? He already beat the game seven times. He won seven Super Bowls. Now he's trying to see if he can do it with his hands tied behind his back and no good <laughs> players, right? It's the only thing that's going to keep his interest anymore, keep the interest of the viewers. Don't we see this over and over again? I feel like more and more often we see old guys who are declining or at the end of their path just refusing to hang it up. Obviously, look at Tom Brady. There's plenty of quarterbacks going into their 40s now, like Aaron Rodgers. Look at Bob Iger coming back to run Disney. Bill Belichick refusing <laughs> to hang it up. Like it really is a thing that like these guys refuse to quit. And and they're like, I bet you Coach K comes back. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like this is <laughs> just what they do. Craig, you're on the money. I, I I'm upset that I can't remember who said this the other day, but it was an older guy. No, it was a player who had was deciding about retirement and they asked uh, one of the NFL owners for advice. And and the owner was like, dude, retirement is super overrated. Like retirement sucks. And like, you're so right that coach K he's already doing so much media engagement for a guy that allegedly wanted to go away and doesn't want attention anymore. And like Bella, there's so many NFL coaches like Peter out. And it's kind of sad. Like Bill Parcells, like, you know, that last stretch he has with the Cowboys where Jerry Jones talked to the comeback. Don Shula didn't really go out like, you know, in a masterful way. Like there's not really a ton of coach. It really just anyone that actually goes out on top, like even people like Bill Belichick. It's like, I don't know if we've named it yet, but this is actually a pretty sad ending. And the post Brady periods honestly has been a fucking disaster. How many shitty comedies has Robert De Niro done in the last seven years? Hang it up, Bob. <laughs> and the different grandpa. They're both making 20 million a year. Who cares? What do we like? Bob Iger, dude, you have more money than God. What? You have to go back and run the biggest media company on earth. You're 70. Am I supposed to know who Bob Iger is? (laughs) Is this one of the regular ones? He runs Disney. He's, he ran Disney for the last 20 years and then retired three years ago. He's doing great work. Keep it up. (laughs) Is this the real Caesar's palace? (laughs) Uh, I'm not getting any signal on my pager in here. Is that all right? (laughs) 
There's a phone in the hotel room. phones in the back. Oh, wait, wait. (laughs) Speaking of that way, also, I'm sorry. The one, we're going all the way back to the Rodgers thing, but I was thinking about, it was like Packers fans, like they have a new quarterback now. And I was thinking about with Zach Galifianakis. It's like, I can't afford to lose anybody close to me. I haven't been this upset since my grandpa died. It's like, oh, (laughs) how'd he die? It's like World War II. (laughs) He fought in the war? (laughs) No, he died skiing in Vermont. Just during World War II. It's like, oh my God, my first new quarterback since 1991. Uh, you mentioned the beeper scene. That was yeah. that was my analogy just for the Bengals in free agency. Can I ask you a question? Do you know if the hotel's pager friendly? What do you mean? I'm not getting a sig on my beeper. I'm not sure. Is there a payphone bank? Bunch of payphones. Business. Is this hotel pager friendly? Like the Bengals are just the <laughs> archaic team that doesn't have a cell phone. They've got a fucking pager. Traditionally, they don't spend a lot in free agency. They're known as sort of the old school team. They've got like two scouts. I don't know. I just thought like he's not getting a sig on his beeper is very Bengalsy. Well, like they're waiting till 4 p.m. on Wednesday and no one's told them it's four. It's like noon on Monday. It's like, didn't Mitch yeah, Kupchak can, do that with yeah. the Lakers where he was like, everyone's doing this tampering thing, but not me. Is there a payphone bank? Some payphones somewhere? Business. <laughs> we call this loser town. Oh, my God. What else you got? A line I've always greatly appreciated when they're uh, in the hospital trying to figure out where the uh, where the wedding is, and they ask the doctor where the chapel is, and he tells them it's at the corner of Get a Map and Fuck Off. I'm a doctor and not a tour guide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Orlando Brown to all the teams that want him to play right tackle. Right, <laughs> Orlando Brown was he was right tackle with the Ravens. Joined the Chiefs because the Chiefs would move him to left tackle. The Chiefs have since moved on from Orlando Brown. They've gotten a different tackle in there. And there was a report yesterday that Orlando Brown's struggling to find a good free agent market because NFL teams still view him as a right tackle, and he wants to play on the left side. It's the side his dad played on. He wants to be a left tackle. And so NFL teams like Orlando Brown, which uh, which side of the line do you want to play on? And he goes, I want to play on the side of the line of get a map and fuck off. I'm a left tackle, not a right tackle. <laughs> that's, that's my answer to that. He's apparently going to be on ESPN today, like just yeah. talking about free agency. Which I actually think he said ESPN right now. That's bold. I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, but yeah, Orlando Brown, left tackle, not a right tackle. Doctor, not a tour guide. I'm yeah, not one. sure if this is a quote from Orlando Brown, but I think he told the NFL teams to figure it out. You're big boys. Matt Walsh <laughs> yeah, just exactly. throwing heaters, just throwing gas that entire scene. One uh, of the ultimate Dion Dion Waiters. Waiters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he won that one. Yeah. Dude, the way he pulls down the old man's fucking like underwear is just talking to them. Meanwhile, like giving this guy a whatever. I don't and even know. And then after what he-, he pulls the underwear back up, like his face to them is just like sheer disgust. No, he's, he's like, like Ooh. we'll see you after the weekend. And then he looks at them. He's like, no, he's dying. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> no he's, he's a goner. Oh my God. Matt Walsh. Great cameo. Yeah, the Chiefs, I I still think it's like kind of wild that I, I don't know. It's it's weird that they just keep gambling with yeah, it is. the offensive yeah. line for the Chiefs. I don't know. I, I guess it makes sense where it's like Orlando Brown and a lot of these guys who either have agents or are negotiating for themselves where it's like to be an NFL player at that level, you have to be the most confident person in the world and think you're as good as anybody. But it's also strange where the Chiefs, I just think it's so strange that their left tackle is going to be Jawan Taylor who has not played left tackle since high school. And like, I keep thinking about what Solik said about switching from right to left tackle sounds easy, but it's like switching which hand you wipe with. And it's like, dude, precision, accuracy, really important. That protecting Mahomes, got to keep them clean. And I, I don't know. It's just so like you won the Super Bowl, and it's like, I don't, why nickel and dime? Unless they just, is Orlando Brown, are the Chiefs letting Orlando Brown exist? Is, are they Chiefs tacitly saying, yeah, we don't, 
think this guy's that good. Because it can't, like the $2 million, if Orlando Brown wants $22 million a year, like 22, and they gave Juwan Taylor 20. If they really believed in Orlando Brown, they'd pay the $2 million, right? My, my main thought is this. We could have a pretty similar conversation. We could have it this time last year about Tyreek Hill and say, why are the Chiefs moving on? They have, a, they have a star receiver who they know works with Mahomes and he stretches the field and they need to have the ability to create plays because the way the offense is changing and like, how are you going to you know, take this risk? And I think the Chiefs answer would be so long as it's, it's, it's 15 back there, it's really not that much of a risk. If we get like a functional tackle out there, Mahomes will make them right. And so we feel like, you know, why should we like, you know, reach Orlando Brown's contract demands when we can spend less on Jawan Taylor? The, the thin part of that argument is that last year they let Tyreek Hill walk and then didn't really do anything at wide receiver. Marcus Valdez scaling Juju with Schuster, but like small contracts. They signed Juwan Taylor to a big contract. So I, 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 that part I don't understand. But I think like a lot of the offensive risks that the Chiefs take, I think, are mitigated by the fact that Mahomes gives them a ludicrously high floor in terms of how well their offense can perform. So it's understandable that they feel like they can do more around the margins than other teams do. I had a quote. So I, it's actually, I lied. It's not a quote. It's just a scene. That entire scene where they pan through the destruction of the hotel room the next yeah. morning is the Rams. Like the Rams won the Super Bowl <laughs> at night. They had the best night out ever. The TV's flickering. Up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they, they got bowling <laughs> balls, bowling pins and champagne bottles. Smoldering the, chair. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like Jalen Ramsey grabs his high heels and is like, I'm going to get out of here before I have to clean this up. <laughs> like, it's like, That's a good one. Like That is really good. It's the whole thing the chicken. Get the fuck out of here. It's just <laughs> get a chicken. the fuck out. Put some <laughs> pants on, please. It's the second time I've had to like ask. It, yeah, it's weird that it's I have to ask twice. Ask. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. I was trying to figure out a way to to get it's weird I have to ask twice in about like the, the contract negotiation or something. So it's just such a good moment. It's honestly, you no, know it's Sean McVay. Like, are you going to retire or not? It's weird I have to ask twice. Uh, yeah. No, that, that that is a good one with the Rams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the baby, the scene where they find the baby in the closet and he's like looking around he's, and he's like, let's just leave it here. We, it's not our baby. And, it's like, it's a and Stu's like, we're not leaving a baby in this hotel room. And then uh, Alice is like, yeah, I'm going to side with Stu on this one. That was like the no, one like, moment. We're not leaving a baby with the tiger. And he's like, it's not our baby. It's I'm going to have to side with Stu on this one. That's like the one rational moment in the entire movie. Eh, I'm going to have to side with Stu right. on this one. Yeah, I found plenty of babies before. You found babies? Where? You can so tell the yeah, improvising. Check, coffee, like, bean. coffee bean. Coffee yeah. bean. <laughs> check, check its collar. <laughs> check its collar was incredible. But that to me was actually the Panthers trading up to number one because the Panthers clearly just screw up every quarterback that they have. And they're like, are you qualified to have this baby, <laughs> sir? And they're like, oh, before. yeah, I've found plenty of babies. We've had pl- plenty of first overall picks. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, 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 had, we had Baker Sam Mayfield Darnold. in here. We had yeah. Sam Darnold in here. We had a lot of first-round quarterbacks. So uh, are you sure you're qualified to be taking care of that baby? What are you talking about? I've found a baby before. You found a baby before? Yeah. Where? Coffee bean. <laughs> Just found him a coffee bean. Uh, speaking of Sam Darnold, the one moment from the movie that reminded me of Sam Darnold was when uh, Jeffrey Tambor is explaining who can drive and who can't drive the car at the beginning. And he's like, don't let Alan drive. There's there's something wrong with him. That's just that's me. Sam Darnold signing with the 49ers. Just don't don't let him drive. There's you something wrong. Let him drive. <laughs> Let's let the Brock Purdy, Lance and Sam Darnold be in like we're the three best friends that anyone could have. That's also like the Bucks with like Baker and. Kyle Trask. It's like, don't, 
Don't let him drive. Yeah. My Sam Darnold one was uh, when uh, they're trying to feed the tiger the steak and he starts putting pepper on it. And he's like, why are you putting pepper? Why are you peppering a steak? You don't even know if tigers like pepper. And he's like, tigers love pepper. They hate cinnamon. Like, it's like the most obvious thing. <laughs> that's uh, that's for Kyle Shanahan getting another like mid-white quarterback. Like, uh, Kyle Shanahan loves Sam Darnold's. He hates Trey Lance's, right? He hates oh, like this like athletic, this athletic quarterback who can create plays, who can do cool stuff outside of structure. No, 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 no. He loves Pepper. He loves just let's get an average quarterback in here, just do stuff in the pocket we need him to do, no problem. Oh, that's good. So which team do you think waking up on Sunday morning feels the most hungover? Is filled with the most amount of regret after what they've done? <laughs> that's a really good question. We think in Broncos? Broncos, maybe. My first thought, like the Packers don't feel hung over, hung over so much as like they got like alcohol poisoning. Like they got sick. Like they they the amount of Rogers that they imbibed over the last 15 years has like <laughs> broken their digestive system and they are in recovery. They got roofied. Uh one of the side effects of roofies is memory loss. <laughs> You are literally too stupid to talk to. <laughs> too stupid to insult. <laughs> Thank you. That should be the tagline uh, of this podcast. Too stupid to insult. The Falcons spent a lot of money, but also no one cares about the Falcons. I also think Arthur Smith, like, honestly, he might win the coach of the year. Like, it's one of them, like, they'll probably spend too much money to win the division. Arthur Smith will get coach of the year, and then, like, they might suck again the next year. So I actually don't think it's the Falcons. Dude, I think it's the Jets because on one hand, it's like this sounds like a great plan for Rodgers and I'll toot my own horn and be like, in theory, this trade's going to freaking happen. And like, it's weird that Rodgers is on McAfee being like, I didn't see this coming when I'm like, well, if I saw this coming. How the fuck did you not see this coming? Bro? Well, he was busy. He was in a, a dark room with no outside yes. influence for an indeterminate number of days and, and nights. I've done way more Rodgers listening <laughs> than I like to have done over the last 24 hours. He, every time he talks to us as a retreat, he talks about a different period of time. No, he explained it. He, he did explain straight. this. He did explain this. And he was like, so it's, it's three full days. So you go in on, it's five days or three. It's you, it's like a hotel. You check in on night one and then you do three full days and then you leave on the fifth day. So Got it's like it. depending on your count. However, the best part of the Pat McAfee thing, and if you go watch one part of it, make it this, is at the very end, I didn't know this, but I guess Pac-Man Jones was like on Pat McAfee as well, just there on the set. And it was like, Pac-Man Jones wants to ask you a question, Aaron. Pac-Man. And, and Pac-Man Jones was like, yeah, Aaron, so like, this just sounds like prison. Like you just are in the dark, total darkness. They just give you food through a slot. Confinement. Back when Jones, like Aaron, I know you've never been locked up. I have been locked up. And like, why is this not prison? It was like the funniest thing I'd ever seen. And Aaron like actually thought about it. it was like, well, the door was open. I was allowed to go. <laughs> it's like Pac-Man Jones was like, you had my kid. I guess Pac-Man Jones is like son wanted to do this. Pac-Man Jones says, why don't you sit in the, the bathroom for like an hour and a half? We'll see how you do. We can go from there. <laughs> like, Men will do anything to avoid going to therapy. Every time I think of the Niners, I just think about what Trey Lance's friends must be saying to him about going back to the 49ers. It's like, they fucked a bartender on a cruise. <laughs> oh. Like a seventh rounder. <laughs> That's really like, good. <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant. It's like, yeah, well, he was, she, she's beat you up twice. He's like, I was out of line. <laughs> I was out of line. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, how are we going to somehow work in the the conversation about how he didn't actually come inside her? <laughs> 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 
Off the top of my head, let's see. Like, uh, they didn't make the Super Bowl. They didn't make the Super Bowl. Workshop a couple. Get back. I really to you. wanted to bring that up, but I didn't. Uh, I just didn't know. You know, if that was it's grossed pushing out the line a little bit too much. She, you think? Well, uh, yeah, I believe her because she did, she's grossed out by semen. <laughs> oh my god! That see, they're just talking about this like in front of the cashier. She's just horrified. Uh, yeah, I she's believe like, her. Here's a change. <laughs> Oh my so god. So secure in his answer. Yeah, yeah, I believe her. She's grossed out by semen. So yeah. Oh my god. All right. I'm I'm out of like NFL free agency things we want to hit. I have all of your quotes. I don't know if anyone else actually still do anyone still have free agency things you want to hit? Oh, Zeke Elliott got cut by the Cowboys. I don't have a thing for that. God, what's the over under on his contract? He's uh, his new contract he signs. What's the number? Uh, two Whoa. mil. Two mil? No, more. More, 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 more. Uh seven with incentives. Like like mm-hmm. one year, seven million. How much guaranteed? Yeah, with incentives. Oh, not like five. No, mm-hmm. actually, if it's seven, four, four guaranteed. It just goes back to the Cowboys, right? Like they cut him, but they just they, they're going to make up. It's no, he's like, going to the Bucks. Is is the rumor? Nah, he's who's going to the Eagles. Who's going to play quarterback for the Bucks? Like actually, Baker, Baker. Mayfield, yeah, baby. Yeah, probably gosh. Baker. So the Baker's contract is functioning like a four million dollar deal. So they didn't give him money. That's like. You're starting. They get like he got like a fraction of Taylor Heineke's deal. That's where Baker Mayfield is right now in terms of the NFL hierarchy. With that said, if Kyle Trask starts in week one, I have to wear all denim. So Baker Mayfield's <laughs> gonna start in week one. <laughs> Wait, all, what? Also, all <laughs> denim is not that bad of a punishment. Well, the problem is I own no denim because I hate jeans and I hate denim. You don't have a pair no. of jeans to your name? No, I don't own any jeans. Jeans are horrible. Have you ever owned jeans? Did you recently purge yourself with jeans? When I was like seven, they were putting me in jeans. But once (laughs) I got like enough wisdom over the world, listen, jeans are are outdated, man. Jeans are washed. Jeans are over. They've been phased out of the market. So if I'm at home and trying to be, if I'm at home and I'm trying to be comfy, I'm wearing joggers. If I'm out and I'm trying to be casual (laughs) or, or like, you know, like. I'm wearing probably chinos or joggers. If I'm trying to like look nice, wear a nice pair of chinos. And all of those are more comfortable. They have better pocket accessibility. There's a greater color variety. Just better pants. There's no <laughs> pants <laughs> category that jeans fill that is not currently filled by a better pants. You know what jeans fill is? They fill every single one of those categories at once and none of those other pants do. You can wear jeans around the house and they're comfortable. You can dress them up to be fancy and you can wear them when you're just going out to have lunch. Jeans they are all American. You can do everything in jeans. Also, they make jeans with like like mixed fabrics. It's polyester or whatever. They they have uh, stretchy, the stretchy jeans. shit. <laughs> the technology yeah. in jeans, Ben, has really has really exploded. Right. So, yes, right. So jeans, in now that they've stopped being jeans and have started to become something different, are better. I agree. That still means that jeans, i.e. denim, sucks. He's jeans look point. good. He's got I, jeans uh, look good. I wanted I look, to make fun of him, but I actually kind of think. 100% cotton jeans or whatever denim jeans are not good. I think Craig, a pair, a I pair of jeans looks great. Enough. Whenever Craig says something <laughs> looks good, I'm like, yeah, Craig, because you look like you. Okay, the rest of us have got work to do. That does and the not matter. Work that I do yeah, Craig's the Jimmy chinos. Garoppolo, and like we're all just a bunch of Andy Daltons, and it's like, sit down there, baby Jesus. Not baby you, Jesus. You, you put on a pair Jesus. of jeans, get out there, do a hard day's work. But what was what, what? Right. What was Craig's first answer? He was like, "It's all American. It's a, oh, this is this an American product." Big Gene has mind wiped everybody, and, and it's become part of the, like, the American zeitgeist. 
I don't abide by it. <laughs> I, I think but they took over because they great. were really durable and people could wear them all day without them getting ruined. And that's why they became the All-American jeans. Mm-hmm. Denim was sturdy. And back then, that was great. And now they've been passed up. They got lapped. Damn. Phase out, old man. Zines are like the Disney guy. Uh, you did great for a while. Now it's time. Bob Iger is wow. like jeans. The Disney guy. <laughs> I bet you Bob yes. Iger rocks a pair of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good looking dude, <laughs> that Bob. <laughs> Oh my god! Shit. Uh, I'm googling Bob Iger to see if I can find him in some jeans. Just Google Bob Iger jeans. Why? Why stop uh, there? Slacks. I'm seeing slacks. I'm seeing a suit. Okay. Well, th- you uh, might want to. You might need to Google Bob Iger jeans. <laughs> the most of his time, photos are probably going to be in suits. Oh, let's oh, check the oh, Google look. khakis. I got him. I immediately found Bob jeans. Iger jeans. These are a little bit too loose fitting. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. He needs to like get you know get some slim fit ones. No. Baggy is back, DK. Straight cut is in. Not baggy. No, straight cut. Okay, that's fine. Look at Bob here. Looking great. Look <laughs> at Bob here. I must say, this is one of our most seamless transitions from the seamless. content of the podcast to the thing mm. that we talk about later in the podcast that's not actually the podcast. This was flawless he's, work. He's just taking your seam, Alan. He's getting close to my shaft. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a fucking jock strap. <laughs> Have any of you ever worn assless chaps? <laughs> what? He's wearing them in that scene. No, he's wearing a jock strap. They're not they, chaps. Whatever. They look like assless chaps. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen a jock strap before? Do you know what a jock strap is? When first said that, I thought. That was a quote from the movie that I missed. And then I realized he was earnestly asking us if we've ever worn assless straps. <laughs> Have you ever worn a jock strap and or assless straps? Chaps. Chaps. Uh, yeah, no. I've worn a jock strap. In what context? It, it, playing sports. Okay, non-sports. No. <laughs> no. No, I'm definitely my, not wearing it when I go get fitted for a suit. Yeah. To answer your my, question. <laughs> my best man wore a vintage jock strap, strap during my wedding. <laughs> vintage one why what? yeah it okay. was uh, is there it a was story? like cloth it was made in the 1950s uh and what? me and my 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 group of friends we do a secret santa every year and ah. it's meant to be like a joke like you give ridiculous stuff and my one buddy gave my my eventual best man uh a jockstrap made from the 50s that was in his grandfather's old stuff. It was like sealed, right? He had like a bunch of these cuz like back in the day jockstrap was like a one off. <laughs> is this you know the grandfather like, that like, died during World War 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, skiing in Vermont. Yes. And so so then we were like, all right, you got it. You have to wear this for Ben's wedding. So he was just there, suited up, and underneath the suit, cloth jock strap, baby. And that's what he Ugh. rocked for the wedding. Wow. And yet you won't wear jeans. <laughs> this, is, this is him, not me. <laughs> we did this whole pod without mentioning Heather Graham. Heather Graham is awesome in this movie, by the way, but maybe not any memorable quotes. Heather Graham's had a great career. She's been good her whole career. Can we do our own hangover trip just two days before my wedding in July? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Just stay an extra day because the spa's so good. <laughs> wow. Dude, I mean, I mean, seriously, like we could totally swing that. The real question is, is the four of them in that movie, who are they? Oh God. With us. Don't ask, oh. don't ask the audience to, to no, please, us all please out. email us who is who, who's Doug, <laughs> who's <laughs> Alan, <laughs> who's Ringer the person who's going to be named Alan. This is so insulting. <laughs> I would accept it. He's so funny. He's such a good character. He's borderline brain dead, but he is the funniest person in the movie by a mile. Also, like, 
I wonder if you casted anyone else, the movie doesn't work. Like the character right. must like it's just completely Zach Galifianakis, like yeah, going full peak of his powers, doing everything like full between two ferns, just like Zach Galifianakis. I don't yeah. know who you could have replaced well, him with. <laughs> there's a certain magic with this movie where they, all these people are very famous now, but none of them were at the time. So like Zach Galifianakis was just that character for a very long time. Like it was an yeah. original person. I mean, same with Bradley Cooper wasn't huge yet. He didn't really lead yeah. movies. This was like his first major role. Ed Helms was on The Office. And then I can't even think of the, the other guy's name. I forget the actor who plays the fourth guy. But yeah, he didn't do a lot either. He was in like National Treasure. Justin Bartha. Yeah, he was National yeah, Justin Treasure. Bartha. That was the one. I, I couldn't even tell you the name of the actor or the name of the character. Whenever I see him, I go, yeah, National Treasure, Riley. Wasn't it early Ken Jong too? Uh, Yeah, early Ken Jong, I think. All right, we're getting out of here. All right, thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Solik. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Mike Tyson. Thank you, Phil Collins. Wow, just stealing my thunder. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Okay, yeah, you can do that. Sorry. Thank right. you, Lauren. Thank you, Bob Iger. Lauren. Lauren. Uh, thank you, Baja Men. Nice. Ready to let dogs out? <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Talk about a one-hit wonder. I actually think they have two hits. Baja Men. Uh, fun fact: Liz, my fiance, went to a Baja Men concert. <laughs> what did they? Uh, what, what did they close with? What? What? Were they the headliners? <laughs> I, it wasn't a it wasn't a festival. It was just a Baja Men concert. <laughs> yeah, yes. and what, what did they what this did they close the with? I'm, I bet you they open with "Who Let the Dogs Out." I bet you they close with "Who Let the Dogs Out." <laughs> I don't know why this is the funniest thing that you've ever said. <laughs> Shout I, out, Liz. No, I'm thinking that line when he's like, "I can't do next weekend because the Jonas Brothers are in town." It's like I can't do. Oh, I yeah. can't do this. <laughs> yes, Baja Men. Sorry. All right. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>